Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Miracatani with Matt Chat, my guest today from Oklahoma State University, Associate Head Coach Zach Esposito. Due to technical difficulties, we started this interview with him talking about the influence that Jeff Buxton has had on his life. Buxton was good to me in that way where um, he was just, he was strict. He was really strict. He was, he was intense and, and um, uh, loved the technique side of it. Um, but he was he was a lot he was a lot tougher of a, you know a little bit of a of a hammer. I probably feared him more younger than I would uh, my club coach at the time. But uh, you know grew to love him, and um, the team he assembled um, was was pretty spectacular. So yeah. Was, uh, uh, and you I forgot about Ernie Monaco and the club there was called yeah. Edge, right? Yep, Edge School Wrestling. Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, but well, um, I, I couldn't fail to mention him because uh, he was a big influence on me of just the skill and learn, you know, growing up and the people who were around. But then, you know, I, I kind of grew up into more of a more of a I don't want to say adult yet, um, but you know, I, I had a we're <laughs> all on the journey. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a big part of my journey right there. Um, I grew up and just learned that you know he can't be a little kid anymore about this and. Um, by the time I graduated high school, um, you know, Coach Buxton had me ready to go for college right away. Um, you know, I stepped out as a true freshman. So, um, you know, the influence of my teammates from, you know, Steve Mako and, and a lot of others, um, uh, I, was, I was geared and ready to go, you know, to try and win a national title right out the gate as a true freshman. So um, big credit to Coach Buxton for that. And um, obviously the assistant coaches of Solomon Fleckman and a bunch of others. Yeah, and Mark Perry, who's been on the show, it's sort of speaks with. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about Mark was on my team. Too. <laughs> well, you guys kind of know each other yeah. through a lot of other ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Family reunions, yeah. probably, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. We had a, it was um it was a you know it was a it was a great room it was a great room of wrestlers and and um you know when you have that good of a room. Uh, the coaching kind of goes for itself. You know, it's it's um, a little bit of a different type of management then. But, you know, as kids, you know, we were still learning. Um, and, um, you know, we were trying to always outdo each other. I think that was a big part of it, too. You know, it's, we didn't have a, a jealousy for each other or, or, or didn't want to ever see each other, like, lose or anything. But there was a healthy competition between everybody. Um, you know, Steve Mako was going to go out there and foot sweep a guy and pin him in the first five seconds. And, uh, you know, uh, Mark was the young guy. Um, you know, he came in when I was a junior. And, um, and you know, he was a younger guy, and he was trying to, you know, get the name and, and, and credibility that Steve and, you know, some others were having on the team. Uh, so it was, it was a healthy competition in the room, and, man, we really pushed each other hard. Yeah, I, I had a team one year like that at the junior college level, not what you guys had, but, you I mean, they were talking yeah. to each other in the semis and who was going to get the outstanding wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you're, you know. you're right. That's a different – coaching that kind of crowd is a little bit different than, you know, the guys you're worried about, you know, are they going to qualify for nationals or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's always – it's a nice problem to have. <laughs> yeah. so. First world problems is what I always call them. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's jump, yeah, over, so. Let's jump over to your, your collegiate career, and I think – one of the things that struck me, and I've known you know known you and Brandy for a long time, but when you kind of look back at somebody's timeline, I knew you were a four-time All-American and a national champion, but 
I didn't realize that you your teams won four Big Twelve titles and four NCAA titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know actually, um, I hate that I gotta correct you, but I thought I was a three-time All-American, but um, I was, um, you know, my freshman year, I went in the second seed at nationals, and kind of mentioned it because it was, you know, it was it was a it was a big turn in my career of just um, of how I wanted to to be and things I let get to me as a young guy um you know changed a lot of things you know I went in as the second seed and and end up losing an all-american round to eventually the kid I beat to be a national champion um but um you know it, it was a, it was a great timeline I you know you know I, I was very fortunate to to be on the teams that I was on um from the Blair team of you know, arguably one of the best teams ever to, you know, a college team my junior year that could be arguably one of the best teams ever. Right. Um, you know, we had guys that are still around in wrestling, and that's that's great and unique of, you know, Chris Pendleton still coaching and Steve Mako still involved in, right. in the kids' level. Um, you know, Johnny Hendricks got involved too, and Coleman Scott was, was a freshman um, that year, and uh, Nathan Morgan and a bunch of other guys that were just, you know, exciting, but you know, to this day, the friendships that we formed, um, you know, throughout our career, you know, we all go on, you know, family vacation together in the summertime. Um, so we'll get together about 20 something guys on the team with their families and go vacation in a spot for a couple of days. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really unique and it was the same type of way. A little bit different is that we had a little bit more news or news at the time. So between Mako, myself, Jake Rolschold, Johnny Hendricks, Chris Pendleton, we were, we were constantly fighting for who's going to be on the front page of the paper. <laughs> just um, hearing that name, it's just, you know, you see the pictures, you guys all, you know, with national champions, but just the murderer's row, I mean, obviously not back-to-back weight classes, but uh, like now, like, you know, guys like me, we try to figure out who's going to win the duel, and it's kind of like, well, you can't win those five weights. You know, you've got to yeah. sneak everything. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's lucky. It's what you hope for as a coach sometimes uh, to be able to get. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was it just, you know, things came together, um, you know, and 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 um, we, you know, we worked hard at it. And, you know, coming out of high school, we didn't, you know, Chris Pendleton wasn't a wasn't a star athlete coming out of high school. And, um, you know, we you know, he was developed, you know, at OSU and. We had a couple guys that were like that developed that squeaked into the All-American rounds too, and um, you know even guys on the team um, that didn't realize were on our team was like Kevin Ward, who's the head coach at West Point, who's doing an unbelievable job with them. Right. Uh, so it's um, it, was, it was a very unique situation, and it's just you know like I said, I was I'm very fortunate enough to be on four national championship teams, and something that I hope that our guys get to be a part of, you know for that for one right now right so and obviously you know you can look back on it when you were in it are you were able were you actually able to process like how special that kind of run is like are you able to sort of look at no absolutely not (laughs) no i appreciate it more now as an adult than then i mean actually i think you know my freshman year when i lost and they gave out the ncaa rings i i I, I thought I threw mine out. I was so upset and mad about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then come to find come to find out, like when I was graduating and cleaning out my locker to move into the coach's locker room, I found it at the bottom of my locker. And you know, 
you know, I was like, oh, thank goodness I didn't throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the time, I was like, I don't even want to look at this thing. I'm just, I'm so upset about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it just, at the time, I mean, you know, sometimes you, I think the only pitcher I was really smiling in, in our team national championships is the year I won. Um, but, you know, but that's just the type of competitor I was at the time. And that's a lot of, you know, a little bit of it was just the kind of the way of thinking with a lot of a lot of athletes at that time um you kind of see a little bit shift in the in the way of thinking where you know kids appreciate it maybe a little bit more or are able to change or their the way of how they perceived losing um a little bit different than it was back then um i could be wrong about that but um you yeah. know um when i lost i didn't want to talk to anybody for you know a long time <laughs> and i wanted to just get training and just people leave me alone um but um you know, and that probably was unhealthy at the time, but um, you know, but now as uh, as an adult and as a coach, I'm just like going, wow, you know, that was something incredibly special to win four national championships, you know, let alone one. Um, and it's it's the only thing that I present in my office um, is, is my team stuff. That's um, cool. You know, I like that. So. Yeah. I mean, so obviously, you've had a lot of individual success, you know, at the senior level and everything else, and. It's funny because I write notes because of things I want to talk to you guys about. And the first line that I was, I was going to talk about this, I said, I've always thought that great wrestlers have to be very selfish at times, while great coaches need their athletes to be unselfish, often impossible to get oh, yeah. the best results. And that's literally when you were describing about how the only time you smiled was when you won. Individually. And and, and I, I don't think selfish is a bad word. I think the, the, the greats have to be, you know, like, if I'm messing around in practice, you're like, well, well, I can't worry about him today. You know, I got, I got yeah. to yeah. do me. I got to do what I got to do to be great. You know, but and I sometimes yeah. so maybe selfish is the wrong word. Maybe focused, but yeah, focused or yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, but just you know where. Anyway, so now that you're on the other side of it, you know, and you've got the wisdom of having been a part of so many great teams at so many levels from, and coaches like Ernie and Buxton and John. And all these things, like, how do you see that dichotomy of 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 trying to get guys to be both ways? Yeah, I mean, well, I think they grew up maybe a little bit different. I think they're a little bit more team oriented, um, in the sense of picking each other up, um, abide. And I think it's just, you know, they're they're. I think they're better in that in that sense. Um, you know, you just try to get them to do it, and, and kids recognize now, like, when another guy's struggling to pick them up. Um, but I always felt that the best is still leading by example. You know, um, you know, even, like, Boo Llewellyn, who we just had yeah. um, get injured. Um, you know, that kid's a special kid of just, you know, our guys on the team constantly see, you know, him, you know, working hard, and then something happens, and then he builds himself back up, and then something happens, and then he builds himself back up, and then something happens, and they still see him come back into the room. You know, the day after Boo got hurt, um, you know, he was he was he showed up to the morning lift with the guys on the team, um, and then you know he's at practice in his wrestling shoes, you know, on the side trying to you know help out other guys on the team. Um, so I think when you when other guys on the team get to see that they they start to think outside themselves um, And I don't want to say that when I wrestled we didn't wrestle for each other We constantly wrestled sure. for each other, you know If if I went out and the guy before me got beat I knew that I had to get a spark going for the team We right. weren't maybe 
the rah-rah type to the guys of, you know, smack them and like that you'll see a little <laughs> bit more today with the guys. Yeah. But we knew that by example, the other guy's going to step it up. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's unique when you change yourself from um, being competitive as an athlete of kind of focused on, you know, yourself to then as a coach, you know, some people might not have thought the way you thought. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, it, you know, the way my career ended um, to the way I started my coaching career was, was I had to completely remove the way I thought um, about myself. Um, I had to completely remove any kind of just selfishness and, or just I, I couldn't even think about the way I felt. Um, and it really helped me kind of go into the transitions and the things I was going through of, of you know, ending my career to going, you know, it's no longer about, about you. It's about these guys on a team and how you can help them and these Olympic athletes that you can help. Um, so, you know, for me, um, you know, being involved with Obi Blanc and Coleman Scott and Chris Pendleton in their Olympics, um, and world championships right after college when I was just a club coach, right. it was it was really great for me because uh, Coach Smith kind of gave me free reign with them and 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 um, I had a great relationship with them because they were teammates and um, you know it was no longer you know thinking for myself it was just you know get them ready get them prepared um, help them help them if you help them then you know it, it's it's gonna I don't want to say make you feel better about yourself, but you know you, you have you play a role in it. So it's super gratifying, right? When when that yeah, helps, you see the difference. Yeah, yeah, and, and seeing people win now on our team, like when Chris Perry won his, national, his second national title against yeah. Howe in the finals, that was so much more gratifying than when I won mine. Um, it's just you know you just maybe because you could see from the outside um, the adversity they go through and the ups and downs throughout the season and then all of a sudden a triumph at the end, you know, you really feel good for that person. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I coached a long time. I still coach some guys. And when you, you do see, you know the sacrifices those guys make and how important it is. I mean, whether I, you know, I had Chris on the show last year and, you know, when you grow up in the family, there's pressure to win, you know I mean? <laughs> You can say it how yeah. you want to say it, like, you know, fourth at state ain't going to get it done, you know, so. No, fourth so. at nationals isn't going to get it done. Right, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, to help a guy through something like that's amazing. You know, I, yeah. I went back and listened to the, the interview I did with Chris, and, and you used the same word in, in the first part of our interview. You used the word skill. Chris used uh -huh. skill more than all the other guys I've interviewed combined that just that specific yeah. word. And so I have to think that that word is, is, is a core component of, of John, of the program, the philosophy of the staff, you know, how, how do you view skill in context with things like toughness, strength, strategy, game planning, things like that? Well, I mean, you know, skills, skills, everything to figure it out. I mean, I, you know, but without toughness, you know, skill doesn't skill doesn't work. Um, but everything is focused on skill. Skill against the legs. Skill finishing the legs. Skill on top. You know, working the hard skills to be able to get to your turns. Working the skills on bottom. You know, the, right now, I mean, the wrestling level is just incredible. Um, you know, when I was a younger kid, I had to steal a videotape from my coach <laughs> and then hoard the thing. And yeah. and you know, he 
be looking for his tape going, where is this at? And <laughs> no one's talking because they stole it. Now um, you could watch the Euregan tournament live. All right. You could yeah. watch every match from the World Championships with a subscription. You can go on Flow and, and watch um, from, you know, Jordan Burroughs teaching technique to Jody Strip Matter right. at his club teaching technique. So, I mean, the skill level of, of, of and, and the knowledge of kids wrestling today is, is so huge. So you've got to constantly maintain and keep up with it. Um, and, you know, luckily for us, we, you know, I've, I've been around, you know, Coach Smith for the past 16 years where he was the ultimate skill guy. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you look at him and you're going, how is this guy a six-time world and Olympic champ? <laughs> you know, Even in his prime, he looked like a tough librarian to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it was skill. It was, you know, his development of the low single leg and, and the finishes to his low single leg. And then people forget of, of his, his, his really his best shot was his high crotch, high crotch. and his crackdown. Yeah. And, yeah. and you want to talk about a position that is completely skilled is that crackdown position, especially in freestyle. Um, so um, his skill is just, is just incredible and, and just being around it. Um, but um, but the toughness is, you know, to add on to, to Chris's skill. And, you know, you, you got to be willing to, to um, wrestle that hard um, and willing to be that tough to wrestle that hard in skilled positions um, to really succeed um, at the highest level or, or separate yourself from the pack. So, but... Um, no, no we focus a lot on, focus a lot a lot a lot a lot of drilling a lot of drilling a lot of uncomfortable drilling a lot of a lot of that so yeah i kind of perceive us in that sense that a russian you know when you think of the russians you think of technique you think of skill and when you think of oklahoma state you think of technique and you think of skill yeah undoubtedly you got that i was going to actually make that analogy to the russians if you didn't and you know, I'm friends with a lot of guys that have come through your program, and they, they've actually used that uncomfortable drilling phrase a lot. So it's, you know it's a core to your program, and I think that's so interesting to kind of take a little peek behind the curtain and, and get a, you know, get a, a viewpoint of how you guys see things. So, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is you guys obviously have a, a really good team, a lot of depth. All summer, everybody kind of wanted to know what weight was, who was going to go what weight. You know, how did you guys handle those decisions? And I guess the thing I'm really impressed is, how are you guys to keep, able to keep all that information in the vault so nobody knew what was going on ahead of time? Because there's a lot of people <laughs> around wanting to know that stuff. <laughs> well, we probably we probably kept it a secret because we didn't really know. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> That's no, awesome. I'm I'm <laughs> no, I mean... Um, they have a way of it ironing itself out. Um, you know, Nick and Dayton have a great relationship together. Um, and, I, you know, I think making weight in freestyle is a little different than making weight in college um, and just going through the grind and, 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 you know, people forget about schoolwork, too. You're still yeah, going to school. Right. It's, not like, it's not like we're taking online classes and, and, um, and doing it. We, you know, we actually, you know, we want our guys getting up and going to class and forming relationships with their teachers and other classmates and, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, um, it, it, it all kind of had its way of ironing itself out. I mean, you had an idea of, of the lineup that you wanted um, or the lineup that would benefit the team the best, and um, it just it just kind of worked out great with that way. Um, and, you know, Dayton's big enough and well enough to – 
to wrestle at 33 and Nick, you know, Nick's great at 25. Um, and then, you know, you know, Jojo kind of, you know, fell into that weight at 74. And, and now once we get Chandler back at 65 and, you know, Jacoby just was, was strong enough and big enough to be at 84. So, um, it kind of just, you know, it's such a long season that so many things just happen. I mean, our start of the year lineup is different than what it is now. And, um, you know, luckily we have guys that can perform at different weight classes. Yeah. Um, so, um, depth is huge right now. It's just, it's just huge that, um, you, you need it. It's such a long season and you go through such a grind that people get dinged up or there's some injuries and, the next guy's got to be ready to step in, and that next guy's got to be able to perform. For sure. When I coached in college, I would every October one, I would seal an envelope on what I thought the roster would be for regional, <laughs> and you know, and I always like just put a joke in there with it, like a fortune cookie thing, because you know you're never close, you know, well, especially in junior college. There's a lot of turnover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is probably the first year I've ever seen Oklahoma State with, I think six or seven guys wrestling up a weight from where it looks like they, they certified, you know, I mean, like, you know, Dayton obviously I think could have made 25 and Cade probably could have made 33. We know G could have made 41. I know, you know, Joe yeah. made 65. Obviously Jacoby was wrestling 74 yeah. and gear was wrestling 84. And, and you guys, like you said, you're known for skill, but guys have pulled a few pounds over there, you know, in the black and orange, you know, <laughs> you know, for years. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, they, you know, they kind of perceived us as that team that, that cut a lot of weight. You know, I've heard in interviews where they said they cut a lot of weight where, you know, I never really thought we did cut that much weight. I mean, I've the only guys that had to cut weight were guys that, that needed to to make the lineup or, or or had to just for that for that spot. But uh, I don't know. You know, it was just unique this year, maybe just the talents rolling over. Um, you know, we may have some guys that are in the wrong weight class, maybe, maybe could be – I shouldn't say wrong weight class because – I think I think the way you're able to handle yourself if you're strong enough and your body fat's at the right amount and and, um, and and you're able to just perform your skill and wrestle the entire seven minutes, then I think it's I think it's good where you're at. Um, but you know, some guys make sacrifice for a team. But yeah, that could have been our lineup. That definitely could have been our lineup. It maybe could have been, you know, the strong lineup. But you know, this this way it fits everybody in and. Sure. Um, Right. Well, I mean, obviously the Weigel injury and Boo injury have a lot, you know, have a lot to do with things. And, you know, like you said, to have guys that can move up, it's, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know where we have you guys ranked. The rankings change every week, but certainly in the top two yeah. or three. And, you know, just to have a team that can make those adjustments and still be in the hunt is, is pretty impressive. So, yeah, 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 I want to I know you got to jump to practice here in about five, ten minutes. I just kind of want to get yeah. a few few takes from you i don't know that might be the wrong word but opinion so um i'm going to start with do you think dual meet should be a part of determining the team national championship and why or why not dual meet championship um i mean it'd be ideal if you could do both um you know or or you know um it'd be nice if you could do both or if you could create something um, of a dual meet championship that's just as prestigious as the national championship, um, you know, of, of it. I just think that dual meets are just, there, there's a lot more, there's a lot of different teams that can compete in it um, right. than, than, say, a tournament. Um, and I think 
fans get into those dual mates a lot more. They want that event where uh, they can follow their team and and uh, you know, but you know, upsets happen. Um, you know, roles of, of of a match. I mean, you kind of saw with Penn State and Ohio State last year, right. and their dual mate of going. Uh, you know, Ohio State's favored to to, to do it, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they get upsets. Um, so we've been in dual meets where, you know, we've got upset, and we've been in other dual meets where we upset other teams. So sure. I think it's just I think it's just a little bit um, less uh, less predicted. Um, to see it, I think that's that's really exciting, and I think if we could create something like that, where you know the national duels used to be a really really big deal, especially right. when I was in college, um, it was the national tournament for dual mates, and I wish we could bring, you know, something like that back, um, where teams are able to get in there and wrestle for a whole weekend, and fans can go see a whole weekend of wrestling of dual mates. Um, I mean, that was it was it was a big time deal. I mean. There was ultimate upsets, and I remember just in high school watching it. So, yeah, it was cool to watch. So yeah. I, I wish, uh, yeah, I wish they could bring that back. But you know, all the coaches they ought to be on board with it. Um, right. They try to do the bowl. You try, they try to do the bowl series, and we had something good going. Um, but if but if the teams that are picked to do it and and don't participate in it, then it's not going to work. Right. Um, so, I think I think if it's something that we decide to do that that it's done, you know, forceful that. You know that they're forced to to wrestle in, in the matches that are set up. You know, so either that or or, or the or, or the dual meet tournament like they used to with the national duels would be great to see. I mean, um, yeah, uh, it's I, easier I don't, to I don't follow know. your program for sure, man. You know, like everybody's on mat one. You know, <laughs> yeah. The interesting well, thing though is the best duel. Let's we'll see who the best dual meet team is. You know, right. Um, you know, yeah. instead of just doing the rankings and and doing it, let's see who the best dual meet team is. And uh, I think I think that's something that that we definitely need to incorporate. Uh, instead of just wrestling duels all year and then jumping to the, the conference tournament and the national championship, I think we got to do something and hold another event um, that fans want to see and that TV wants to broadcast. Yeah. TV's a big part of it, and these teams that are you know maybe 15th 20th in the tournament rankings have a better chance of pulling an upset in a duel for sure so yeah um, step out or push out rule in folk style you for it or against it and why or why not of a point for a step out or maybe like, like well, maybe or maybe a warning then a point or just you know any anything just what are your thoughts on like maybe you know sort of matriculating that uh, towards freestyle uh, i haven't i haven't really I haven't really thought about it too much. I mean, um, to really dive into what the benefits of it is and what's not. But I mean, I think right now um, we're keeping action going. I think the difference in freestyle. Um, the only thing about if you step out and it being a point is you you take away the the, the mat space. You know, so if it, in freestyle, as soon as you step out, then you know the mat the mat space is a lot smaller. Um, I think one of the exciting things in collegiate wrestling has always been keeping a foot in to score that yeah, takedown right. or seeing this guy wrestle you know in that edge i kind of like you know i like i like seeing that so i think you know and then you know you make the adjustments that as you're going out of bounds you drop to your knees so then it's not not a point right. you know so things like that i so i i don't want to take away the mat space um from it and then and, and um you know i i think the stall call right now is fine even though sometimes it it's questionable whether it's a stall from this guy pushing him out or it's a stall from, you know, 
this guy not working himself back in or he is working himself back in, uh, I think that could maybe maybe get adjusted. But, um, you know, athletes are aware that if they go out of bounds, either they're getting hit with stalling or they're not. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, just thinking about it now, not too hot on just a step out being a point just because, you know, you know, I don't want to take that mat space away and those takedowns on the edge away. Well, it's also a little different because in, you know, freestyle, like a takedown has really worked too. You know, if you take me down and don't score mm -hmm. right back to our feet, where folk style, if you take me down and I get away, it's really a one point difference plus the riding time, which would be the yeah. somehow the equivalent of a, of a step out or a push out. So, yeah. yeah, I think there could be an argument more for a three point takedown than, than a step out point. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah. would, it just would sound a little goofy with the fans yelling three instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> we're hardwired for that, too, man. Yeah. We yeah, to the four-point near fall, I mean, so, you know, I mean, we made that a... But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like the idea of a three-point takedown. Um, you know, um, sometimes you could you could take a guy down three times and then take you down once, and all of a sudden it's tight yeah. match. You no, know, we've or, talked about that a lot, like two one four two six three. You know, the guy picks yeah. at 6-4, you get a hands to the face roll, now all of a sudden it's 6-5, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, you did all the work with the takedowns, and, you know, uh, I, th I think just trying to promote more action is, is going gonna, is gonna to be good. I'm not too sure. I mean, I've heard the first takedown be worth three points, and I think that might be just be too confusing to the fans. Right, um, yeah. You know, I think you maintain the same. You know, also the same thing with a four-point near fall. I like that. Um, you know, but now if you get taken down and four-point near fall, you know, the chances of coming back is, is slimmer. But, um, you know, I think the most exciting wrestling is done on their feet. So anything you kind of do to promote it, I think we should have a test event where all the takedowns are versus three points and just see how the scoring goes. Sure. Uh, I think that's, 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 that's a good idea. One last thing. Hands to the face, yeah. video review. You guys had kind of a low-profile match with Fix and Suriano that nobody watched, but you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> too long to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, if, would you, you know, what do you think about the hands-to-face rule, and and would you put a maybe a time limit on video replay, so that the whole, you know, the match isn't completely disrupted? You know, I think I go back and forth on video review um, with it. Uh, I think kind of the argument of the video review came because of, you know, Jordan Oliver's yes. finals match against Steber and and uh, going, if there was video review, could they do it, you know, and, um, you know, could it have been a takedown at the end? And and you know what? There wasn't at the time, and you know what? We went on. We lived on without it, and, and you know what? Um, Jordan lived, you know, yeah. went on continuing on his career, and he got a four-time national champ out of it. Um, so... You know, because there wasn't video review, so I think I think we got two refs on the mat. I think sometimes, can you imagine adding video review to soccer and you know <laughs> slowing it up even yeah. more of yeah. a goal? And you know, a goal is more important than. I just think that um, if it went away, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but you know, keeping it, I think that NCAs, if it could go to a third party, um, maybe that'll help it too. But you know, it's here and they're not getting away. And the nice thing about it is, you know, if your guy, if it is something, you know, that is a takedown and it wasn't called a takedown and you get it, then it's, you know, you know, Jordan Oliver been a three-time national champ. Right. Um, but, 
you know, it, it, I'm good with it either way. I, I kind of, you know, you know, the time there's maybe maybe should be a time limit on it. It was awfully long, you know, and then they flipped it around and then Dayton went on bottom, and then all of a sudden you start realizing, well, they're not sweating anymore, right. you know. So all of a sudden, like, you know, maybe grab them a little bit easier right. and get get that riding time, you know. So maybe there should be a, you know, if it's not under, you know. A certain amount of time then it shouldn't be um, there but hands to the face I think they can make an adjustment to it I don't know if they will right now probably after the season they'll go and review it um, you know coach Smith's on the rules committee so I'm sure that you know there's certain things that we can do or they can do to change it maybe you know when the first hand goes to the face you call him to the center and you say that's your that's your that's your first that's your warning right. you do it again at the point rather than at least so they know you know, if if they're, you know, finger locking is a, is a stall call, but they'll you know, say stay off the fingers. Right. You know, yeah. they'll actually warn you before they give you the stall warning. So if they could give you a warning of a hands to the face, give the warning and then give the point. Um, so you just hate to see a match decided, and the refs know that too. They don't want to decide a match on a hands to the face, um, but if, if they got to call it because it's the rules and they got to call it. Right. Yeah. I think the best refs. Just want to call the points, and I always say the twos and ones. So you're right; I'd be thrown off if it was the. Th yeah, and I think I think at <laughs> Rutgers, I think they were trying. I think they were trying to avoid making that call. You know, yeah. I, I mean, that hand to the face was probably not the only hand to the face that happened. And wrestling's a tough sport. You know, there's going to be hands going here. There's going to be, you know, um, I mean, we had a guy the other night. The guy threw a leg in and grabbed Bowen Hour the back. I mean, yeah, I mean guy's grabbing his grabbing a leg and bending his back up you know i'd i'd rather take a hand to the face than that <laughs> so. you wake up a lot more sore with one than the other that's for yeah, dang so. sure yeah but, i mean it is what it is and we'll just you know we'll just deal with it and just you know hopefully the people on the rules committee and the people making the rules um you know let let wrestling you know be so. yeah for sure and it's it's at the end of the day it's a fight with rules you know, I mean, and you got to remember, people got to remember that that's the case. So, well, I think there was maybe a few couple individuals that used it a lot. You know, yeah. we, we had a guy, we had a guy use it, you know, quite a bit where he was going to the face. And I think, um, you know, um, just making adjustments so that it's not just a specific thing. But, anyways. For sure, man. Well, I know you got to get to practice. So I want to yeah. thank you so much for the time. I told my mom you were coming on the show. So she sends her love. And, oh, great. <laughs> and uh, I'll be, I wish you guys the best of the health the rest of the season, and uh, I'll see you in Pittsburgh, okay? Thank you, Dave. All right, man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen from Oklahoma State, that was associate head coach Zach Esposito. Thank you so much for listening.